life hacks, leadership tips, stories, and fun. It's time for Two Guys on Stuff with Michael Edwards and Tom Tobin. They're executives, entrepreneurs, and great friends. And this is a conversation about values-based, purpose-driven leadership that can transform you, your organization, and the world. Now, let's hear what stuff the guys are talking about this week. Welcome to Two Guys on Stuff. I'm Michael Edwards, and this is my good friend, Tom Tobin. Tom, I'm so excited to sit down with you and record our inaugural Two Guys on Stuff. I know we've got some amazing content to bring our audience every single week. Absolutely. You know, as I thought about this first episode, I thought it was important for our listeners to really understand a couple of things. Why we're doing this, what they stand to gain by listening to us each week, and lastly, how on earth did we come up with Two Guys on Stuff? Yeah. And don't forget fun. We want them to have fun. Absolutely. The other F word, fun. Um, so first, let's talk about the why. Stuff. Two guys on stuff. I think if I recall correctly, and uh, today that sometimes is um, iffy, but no, I I, uh, I think the thing for us was, and especially for me, is there's so many different types of books. There's podcasts. There's you know, at the end of the day, there's so much content out there. And you know, we we're trying to come up with these creative ways of, of describing what it was that we were going to do and, and how we can contribute. But it really comes back down to those stories in our experience, those stories in our life and, and the stuff around them that somebody else may be able to relate to. Somebody else can connect to that. And when we tell stories, especially about stories about ourselves and our own experience, it, it, it helps people have context around who we are. So and at the end of the day, we weren't trying to be super creative and come up with this fantastic new name. It really is about a couple of guys, a couple of folks talking about some stuff and that stuff may be something that you find valuable today. And that's really our goal is, is to bring stuff that other people can use to just help your day be a little easier. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I just was kind of thinking that uh, we've got some great stories to share. We know a lot of really solid uh, leaders um, in various industries. And what a better way to uh, get those stories out to more people than a podcast. Yeah, I think that, and that's a good point. You know, it's not just about stuff we've been through. Our goal is to introduce this, but then to bring other people in with their own experiences. So as you're watching this, as you're listening to this and you're in a leadership position and you've either been through something or you're going through something or you anticipate going through something and you've got all this stuff, get in touch with us, bring it to us. It may be that you have an opportunity to be on that, you know, next podcast. And the reality of it is, is that we have total control of it. So we may be talking about the thing that you most need, uh, but it might be coming up in four or eight or 12 weeks. But if you need to hear it now, chances are other people do too. And we could kick it up. So please contribute. Like I said, this isn't guy stuff. This is all of us working collectively together to bring stuff that other people can be helped with. Right. Life stuff. Life stuff. Work and stuff. 
we'll be sure to provide everybody at the end of the episode uh, uh, contact information so they can actually uh, get questions to us. And uh, if there's a topic that uh, they'd like to hear about or a speaker they'd like to hear from, uh, we can we can entertain that and, and put it on a future episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, so I'm sure everybody wants to uh, find out how you and I, Tom and Michael, two guys on stuff came together. Yes. What's the story? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Uh, well, it wasn't funny at the time and I still find it funny, but now we're at church, you know, the, you know, Michael and I know each other, you know, professionally, but also personally. And we're at church one day sitting there and to be honest with you, I didn't want to meet anybody. I wanted, I t- specifically said to my wife, she said, uh, why don't we go introduce ourselves some, to somebody today? That's my wife. She's, she looks for people that may not seem like they're connected, you know, or are new. And she's very invitational. She wants to go greet them. She wants them to feel warm and loved. And and that's a wonderful quality about her. And I said, you know, today, Sherry, I just want to sit here in my bubble and I don't want to be outgoing, which is terrible. I know I'm at church. I'm not supposed to be like that, but I just wanted to be in my bubble. And I thought, well, if I go to the bathroom, then she can't possibly drag me into this. And I'm going to, I'm going to go wait until the songs start. So I come back just about the time that the songs are getting ready to begin. And Sherry, my wife is talking to Michael and, uh, and as you know, your wife, Sherry, and you guys had just visited. Um, and you know, I'm, I feel so terrible about the way that I had that attitude about not meeting people when here we become such great friends, business colleagues. Um, but yeah, that's how it began. It was just, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to sit in my own stuff and didn't want to meet anybody, but you know, there were other plans for us that day. So that was, that was pretty cool. Isn't that funny? Uh, yeah. you know, you're, you're the outgoing guy and I'm the uh, somewhat introvert and and you didn't want to meet anybody. I love yeah, exactly. telling that story to people. Uh, yeah. That was the one day I tried to be an extrovert. I mean, an introvert <laughs> and, uh, and you know, that look what happens when you try and be something that you're not, you're going to be confronted with an opportunity to be the real you, right? Every day, all day long. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, what about, you know, if I'm sitting here and I'm in the audience, what can I expect? You know, what, why should I listen to this again? Let's say we get them through all of our first podcast. Why, why do they want to come back? Yeah. So I boil it down to three things and, and, Add whatever you want to add, but, uh, you know, great guests, leadership experts, servant leadership practitioners, uh, having fun learning from those who have done it. And uh, I think probably the most important or exciting part to me is hearing tips, tricks, life hacks from uh, others uh, to really help you be your best self. Yeah, I like that term life hacks. You know, I'm a I'm a do it yourselfer, but my family wishes that I wasn't. Right. We, We were talking just the other day about. Uh, the different broken bones that I've had in particular, <laughs> my lack of success with, uh, with ladders. And they all find that pretty funny considering uh, where I spent the last 20 years building a practice around injury prevention. But in any case, um, yeah, I like the life hacks thought because it's those, it's those shortcuts that are innovative. They are helpful they're, you know, for the do it yourself or, or for the, for people that just go, wait a minute, I didn't have to go, you know, reinvent the wheel. So I like that concept of, of life hacks, but doing it while we're having fun, like leadership can be fun. It doesn't have to be overwhelming and oppressive. It can be exciting. And especially when you see how that impacts the people around you. So that's what I'm excited about. 
Yeah, the, I the life, the life hacks and the fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, Michael, all right. So those are the, those are the things that people can expect. But I think that before, you know, we need to understand context. They need to understand context kind of like, so why should I listen to you? Uh, you know, one of the things that bugs me sometimes is to hear people that are, you know, supposedly experts on something, but they don't have any experience. And that, that tends to make me not want to listen. And um, so tell me about you, you know, to give us the basics about your bio, um, you know, your background professionally. And, and as you're walking through that story in particular, highlight times when you were specifically in leadership roles. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it's kind of the, you know, what gives me the right to uh, speak on leadership question, right? Right, right. Um, just a, a funny side note. So I've got a friend who was a, an author and a speaker. Um, he sold tens of thousands of books. And uh, he was talking about how people on LinkedIn will just hit him up and say, hey, I can help you get better. Um, and he says, well, what are your credentials? And you're like, well, I've sold tens of books. Uh, so <laughs> kind of, a, kind of a funny side note into that. Well, I'll tell you, you know, from an educational perspective, I've got my bachelor's degree in organizational leadership and management, uh, from friends university. And I have spent the last 25 years, uh, being a student of leadership. You know, I go back, uh, to when I was in my early twenties and, uh, I had two really, uh, interesting opportunities, two very different paths put in front of me. And, uh, you know, when I talk about leadership in my 20s, I have to use air quotes because I had no clue what leadership was. Right. Uh, so 20 years old and uh, I was working for Radio Shack Business Products. It was a, a B2B arm of Radio Shack that we all know and love. And uh, we were selling computers and phone systems to uh, businesses. And, you know, one day my boss came to me and he said, hey, I'd like to uh, make you the sales manager. I'm 20 years old, man. That sounded like a great deal. Uh, so here I am uh, running an outside sales organization and uh, running a retail store, a Radio Shack retail store at the same time. While I was doing that, uh, I was a volunteer at my hometown's uh, fire department. Uh, at the time, it was the second largest uh, volunteer fire department in the country um, with, uh, you know, eight firehouses overseeing, a, a fire protection for 120 citizens. And, uh, wow. somebody decided to make me a Lieutenant, um, which again, I'm 20 years old, man, I'm all for it. And right. I had no idea, uh, from a leadership perspective in either case, really what I was doing. If fast forward, you know, I, I'm a learner. I love to learn and, and I learned every single day and, and Early in my life, I learned from mistakes and, and things that I wish I'd have done better. Um, but I had the privilege, uh, after many, many years of working for some really great companies, um, I also had, I'll call it the privilege of working for some not so great companies. Uh, right. But in every single case, you know, I learned something. And, you know, one of the neatest companies that I had the opportunity to work for was a wireless company. And, uh, I led a large business organization for this, this wireless company. And it was the first time where I was really able to see firsthand uh, a really vibrant values-based people centric culture. I'll, I'll, you'll hear me talk a lot about uh, values-based people centric culture because uh, mm -hmm. several reasons. One, we know that that's uh, uh, really what uh, makes businesses work well 
from a long-term perspective, but two, it was the neatest thing in the world to see, you know, 10,000 employees, uh, operating under this uh, really neat culture. Um, you know, the, the CEO of this organization, uh, he passed a few years ago, but uh, he really showed, he demonstrated care and compassion for everybody that worked there, particularly the people who took care of our customer. Um, he said, there's two jobs at this company. There's those who serve customers and there's those who serve those who serve customers. And wow. I've really uh, uh, lived that mantra uh, ever since uh, uh, he taught it to me. Um, this guy, I saw him, you know, he lived, he breathed, he bled the culture. Um, he brought this uh, organization to life and it was just an amazing thing. So, you know, over the 25 year uh, course of my career in the telecom business, um, got to do a lot of, a lot of fun things and meet a lot of uh, really neat people. Wow. So, I mean, that's incredible. You think about, you know, that, all of a sudden 25 years have gone by and, you know, you go from kind of a dual role, uh, but it sounds like you've always been involved in some level of, of ongoing servant leadership as well. Um, your time working for the, as a firefighter and, and then 25 years of developing yourself as a professional or, or you developing as a professional and understanding some of those nuances. So tell us about that. What were, like just two or three key leadership roles that you had, if you haven't already. And within the context of those, what, what were maybe one or two significant higher low growth points? You know, I think, I think it was really important what you said about sometimes we learn by seeing what to do. And sometimes we learn by saying what not to do. So we can learn whether we have a, a great leader or a terrible leader. Right. And there's probably people listening right now that are like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, mind, you know, whether, you know, it's politics and we're not going to go there, but business, you know, we can learn even in a, in a terrible situation. And so that is more about our attitude towards that experience for us. But what about you, maybe one or two uh, key leadership roles and, and along with those, some highs or lows that really impacted you and developed you into the professional that you are today? Yeah, I'll tell you, um, what's interesting is the key leadership roles that I'm going to talk about are also two of the pivotal moments in, in both my uh, personal and professional life. And, and one of them was uh, back in the uh, late 90s, um, I was uh, working for one of the new entrants into the wireless business. And by the way, these these uh, discussions or these things I'm about to tell you are, are parts of my uh, keynote. So you're getting some uh, valuable or what I hope to be valuable content for free. Um, <laughs> but so so let's talk about. Uh, but in a shorter version than a keynote speech, right? <laughs> a much shorter version. All right. Um, yeah. And that's one of the things that the listeners are probably going to either love or hate about you and I is we love to talk. Yeah. <laughs> we, there are, there's no such thing as making a, a long story short. Right. Right. We enjoy the journey. Exactly. So, so going back to uh, the late nineties, um, I'm in, in Denver, Colorado, I'm running the retail operations in Metro Denver for uh, a large uh, wireless carrier, a new wireless carrier. And we're just knocking them dead. We are hitting the, the KPIs like you wouldn't believe. And I thought, let's, let's go celebrate. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting all of this wonderful praise lavished upon us. I wanted to go treat a couple of my top performers. So I took my two top sales managers and their wives uh, to dinner. 
And, uh, you know, we're, we're in downtown Denver. If you haven't been to Lodo, it's a great, great place to be. Um, we're, we went to one of my favorite restaurants and, you know, we're enjoying some, some appetizers and, and maybe some adult beverages. And, uh, I got up, excused myself and went to the restroom. And when I came back, my wife had this look of shock on her face. I mean, it was literally, Oh boy. <laughs> I knew something was wrong. You're like, Ruh-ro. Right. So I just leaned in quietly. Hey, uh, what's wrong? And she said, you will not believe what they just said to me. And I said, well, tell me. She goes, no, you've got to ask them. So oh I did. Hey guys, what'd you just say to her? Um, she's a little upset. And it was really interesting. I mean, you could imagine um, people were looking at each other saying, oh, I don't want to tell them. You tell them. Finally, one person had the courage at the time it was probably liquid courage. Um, uh, but yeah. he said, I asked her how she could be married to such an a-hole. <laughs> Obviously, I, I cleaned up the language because this is a, you know, a G-rated uh, podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, I was taken aback. I mean, wow. Uh, that was pretty uh, brazen. Wow. Uh, yeah. They're thinking, you know, who's getting fired tonight? <laughs> well, that, that did cross my mind. Um, at first, I was like, I can't believe this person would say that, A, you know, in, in front of my wife, but B, in front of his boss. Right, um, right. In hindsight, it was grateful he did because this was really one of the pivotal moments in my life. And I'll tell you why. This taught me that I wasn't an authentic leader and I wasn't leading through people. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll touch on the authentic piece first. When they asked my wife that, she explained to them, that's not who he is. He's a great person. He hung. The, she really thought I hung the moon, um, which was pretty cool. It's nice to have a, a supporter in your camp. Right. So, so that told me that I was somebody different at work than I was at home. So, you know, aha moment number one, I need to fix that. Mm -hmm. The second thing that that taught me was I was being successful at the expense of others. You know, at that time in my career, I was very successful and leaving a lot of bodies in the wake, um, which, you know, is probably works out okay for a short period of time. But you and I both know that, uh, you know, long-term success, you get that through people. Um, you get that by influence. Right. As a matter right. of fact, John Maxwell says leadership is influence and nothing else. Um, yeah. Couldn't be more well, true. Also too, at the end of the day, you know, um, how do you want to, how do you want the wake of your life to look? Exactly. You want, do you want bodies all behind you, you know, or do you want them out in front of you and beside you, you know, cheering you on? Yeah. That's, that's incredible to recognize that, but go ahead. Well, sorry. Well, and the thing that people realize too, or remember, they don't realize that in 1998, you crushed the budget. That was awesome. They don't remember that. What they do remember is you impacted my life either positively or negatively. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, those are the things people remember how you treat them, right. Um, which was important. Right. You know, another, uh, really pivotal role and, and moment in my life, um, fast forward, you know, close to 10 years, eight or 10 years. Um, I was, uh, charged with running one of the, the largest, uh, regions, uh, for a wireless carrier in, uh, based in Tulsa. I was based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this was the company that I spoke to that I just loved the culture. And they invested a great deal of time and money in a concept called servant leadership. And part of this uh, uh, journey through servant leadership was taking 
all of the leaders, it started out director and hire, but then they expanded it to pretty much anyone who had direct reports. And they sequestered us in, it was kind of like a college dormitory. There was nothing with a power button. I mean, you can imagine, you know, running a, a large business unit and they took away your cell phone and laptop. Um, you, right. you had, you know, the, the peace and serenity of, uh, you know, kind of a rural part of Oklahoma. Um, you had the fellowship of the people that you worked with and you had a pen and paper. And what made that so uh, impactful was part of the task was to identify your values, to identify your purpose. And one of the, the bigger pieces, the, the most important part of the task that kind of put all of the puzzle pieces together was I had to write my retirement speech. So wow. yeah, I, I was in my mid thirties. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, I mean, I had 30 years probably left to go in my career, but I had to to write my retirement speech. And it was a really neat process because I had to sit down and think, all right, 30 years down the line, what are people saying about me? And I took a little bit of different spin on it. I took the retirement speech in from my son, Michael's perspective. So I wrote this as if Michael was standing in front of an audience telling them about his father. Um, wow which it, it added a, a little uh, complexity, if you will. It also added, you know, kind of a, a little bit more responsibility. Sure, and, sure. You know, that really helped me define what I wanted my legacy to be. And, and all of those things, my purpose, my, my values and my legacy um, are what define me today and, and really the lens by which I lead today. Fantastic. Those are great. And that's the, that's the thing is, is it's one thing to talk about concepts over a, over an outline in PowerPoint. It's another thing to understand them through stories. So right. I appreciate you sharing those. Uh, it's just super valuable. Man, that's awesome. So, you know, and like I said, stories like that, they just they help develop us. And I think that's one of the things that I wish that I had back when I was, you know, younger me was, a relationship with somebody and I'll share at another time kind of where I, I identified later that I had those and didn't quite appreciate it. Um, but let's say we got that time machine, Michael, we've got a time machine. We're going to blast you back to 25 year old you, you know, you're back there. You've got uh, a leadership role at Radio Shack. You've got a leadership role as a volunteer firefighter. And, and here comes, you know, present day, Michael blasting back to 25 year old Michael. What's one or two things that you wish that you could go back and tell yourself that don't that, and it sounds weird, this paradox, but you wish that you could tell yourself and you know that you would only listen because you knew it was you saying it, right? Um, you probably wouldn't listen to anyone else say it, but what's one or two things that you wish that you could go back and tell yourself um, that you think would make you better off today for it? Yeah, I love that question. You know, the 20 the year old me was uh, probably the smartest guy on the planet and um, knew yeah. everything. Yeah, we think so, don't we? Right, right. Uh, you know, I think the first bit of advice I would have is, is get a mentor. Um, and, and what's yeah. important, the mentor relationship. Um, you know, I, I had people in business that I looked up to. Um, mm -hmm. who served as role models for me, um, some good, some bad. But to have a true mentor relationship is a real two-way relationship. And it's one that starts with 
love, care, and compassion. You know, that person has to care about you as a person um, to really be able to mentor you and help you transform into a, a leader. The second bit of, inf- of advice that I would share is get comfortable with yourself. Get to know yourself. Um, and I talk about the exercise going through where I understood my purpose, my values, and, and really my legacy. Mm-hmm. If I could have done that when I was in my early 20s, I don't know, you know, where would I be sitting today? Right. And the last bit of advice I have, um, a lot of leaders struggle with this, but you've got to love everybody. Uh, you know, we, we think that love is in the workplace. The word love in the workplace is a bad thing. And it's really not. Um, mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the, the company that uh, I talk about that just had this wonderful, vibrant culture, they surveyed their employees every single year. And one year they actually counted the number of times that the word love was mentioned. And it was in the thousands. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was just amazing. So, you know, I I tell people, you've got to not only love people, but you've got to demonstrate that love. You've got to demonstrate that love, not only for them, but for their families. Yeah. When you're leading a large organization, you've not only got the obligation of caring for the people that work at your company, but you've also got the obligation of caring for their families. Um, it's, It's quite an obligation. So, you know, get a mentor, get comfortable with yourself and love everyone. Those are the three bits of advice I would give to a 20 year old Michael Edwards. Yeah, you're saying that. And I'm in the back of my mind, I'm saying and all we need is love. But, you know, (laughs) love in the proper context, you know, it should raise issues of compassion and empathy and care and concern and understanding and you know, unfortunately, it's used for everything from I love this hamburger to, oh, I love that movie to, you know, the the relational love. You know, I love my wife. And, and uh, but, you know, it's a spectrum and there's that component to it. I, I really appreciate you capturing that in terms of having a, a love or a concern, a care, a compassion and empathy for the people that um, that work for you, that are looking up to you and uh, looking at you to be an example. And uh, like you said, you can learn from bad examples, too. And so for, for folks that are listening right now, you may you may be in that situation where you've got terrible examples. And sometimes it's not about getting out of that situation. It's what are you going to get out of that situation? Not when, but what are you going to get out of that situation? What are what are you learning about, you know, that piece uh, and, and how you, how you don't want to be in the future. Right. So, and I, I really appreciate that. So, and then your 25 year old self listens to that yeah. and when they're 50, then they're even better leaders. So it's just this cycle that goes back every 25 years, we send ourselves back and enhance who we are. Right. But unfortunately we, or fortunately, we only get one crack at this. And, uh, and so, um, being able to help people be a better version of, of who they are today. Uh, doesn't mean that they're a terrible version of who they are today. And so, um, you know, I, I, I love the way that you, you put that into that context. And so, you know, you've had a lot of work, a lot of experience in leadership, cultural development skills that you possess, you know, is there, is there a certain group of people in the audience listening that uh, you feel like should take the greatest note of this or, um, or how you might have, how might you have impact on them personally 
or in the case of a CEO or executive, you know, how might you impact their organization? If they were to have a conversation with you, if you were to work with them, um, you know, and I don't mean that as an advertisement, I'm just saying, you know, as they're listening to this podcast, how does that speak to them and, and how do they engage in, and, uh, you know, who is that? Or do you have a certain group of people that you're, you think the message targets? Yeah. Uh, it, it's your question of impact, right? Who can I impact? And, you know, I, I want to preface this with, um, you know, my, my mentor and leader hero, John Maxwell, when he talks about the current climate of leadership, he gets emotional and he talks about being leadership sad. John is leadership sad. And what he means by that is, you know, whether it's corporations, whether it's uh, elected officials, um, we just don't see a whole lot of values based people centric leadership. Um, and, you know, turn on the news, you'll see it. It's, it's uh, right. uh, the lack of values based people centric leadership is pervasive. Yeah. So, you know, there's two big areas that I impact and two things that I'm super passionate about. And, and the first one is, is culture. So whether you're a small business owner, whether you're the CEO of a large organization, I come alongside you and, and help you bring your culture to life. And, you know, that means a lot of different things, right? There's some places where we have to define the culture. We have to yeah. implement the culture. Um, you know, the, the thing about culture is it happens whether you're intentional or not, it's going yeah. to happen. So, yeah. you know, let's, let's plan it, right. Let's build it. Um, so that's one of the ways that I help uh, uh, businesses, organizations, uh, leaders, uh, and, and that culture helps them achieve their goals in a real meaningful way. Right. The, the second area that I'm, super passionate about is the leadership and development side of, of the house. Um, you know, in, in simple terms, I help leaders get better. Um, that's a, that's a very simple phrase for what I do. Um, how to do it is, is very complex from, you know, understanding goals and objectives and diagnosing and troubleshooting and, um, coaching for transformation. So those are the two big areas um, that I'm very passionate about and can help. Well, that's huge. I don't think anybody at any given time should just act as though they've arrived. You know, it's like, I got it all together. We all have something um, that, that maybe needs to be chipped away at. And uh, whether it's a, I won't say a bad behavior, but I'm just saying, you know, it's a behavior that isn't conducive to being an empathetic leader or an effective leader. And depending on how you define that. So, you know, being able to help people at different um, phases and for us, you know, bringing stuff to the table, stories, you know, learning stuff by bringing stories about stuff, um, to people who are going through stuff. Right. Right. So, uh, so yeah, just keeping it simple, keeping yeah. it simple. And as it relates to that, what are, what's one or two things that they could maybe start doing right now to begin taking inventory? Yeah, great question. Um, I want to jump back really quick. Cause you said something that was, was pretty profound in that leadership is a journey and it's a, it's a learning yeah. process. Right, and, right. You know, one of the uh, times that I can go back and say, this is where my leadership really uh, changed for the better was when I decided that I really wanted to learn. Um, I wanted to invest in myself uh, to learn about myself. I wanted to invest in myself to learn about leadership practices. Um, and go back to 2006 in this in this workshop in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, and picture this large room. It's probably a 5,000 square foot room, and there's eight leaders standing against a wall of this room. 
And uh, the uh, gentleman who was uh, facilitating this is one of the most brilliant uh, servant leadership minds I've ever known. His name is Jim Gus Gustafson. Um, just an amazing, brilliant, brilliant man and, and probably one of the most kindest, compassionate people you'll ever meet. Um, he's got us standing behind the, the standing at this wall, our backs up against the wall. And he talks about our leadership journey. And he said, you know, picture one foot out. That's where you are right now. Look at the wall that's probably, you know, 30 feet down the hallway. That's, uh, you know, the the destination. And, you know, you, you just don't get there. You never get there. It's a journey. I've got a long ways to go. I'm 50 years old. I've got a 25 year career developing leaders. And I don't know nearly everything there is to know about leadership. And I think that's what excites me too. Uh, that's a great image. I mean, I like imagery. And so, you know, that you're up against that, not up against the wall, but you're standing there and you're, you're just looking at that one foot in front of you. You know, you're not trying to figure out every step. It's just, what is that next step, you know, right. going to look like? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So going back to your question about a couple of things that people people can do. The, the first thing I, I encourage everybody to do, whether you're in the C-suite or whether you just started leading, is get a mentor. Um, mentorship is so powerful. And again, leadership is a team sport. Uh, if you're going to grow, you need to grow with someone. Um, so th- that's, that's super important. Um, right. The second thing is make the decision now to invest in yourself for your personal and leadership growth journey. Um, you know, right. we get so caught up in moving a hundred miles an hour that we just don't think about ourselves and self-care and, and, and the things that we need to do to become better leaders. So, you know, invest in yourself, spend the time. And, and that could mean a million different things. That could mean, uh, you know, spending an hour uh, reading a book. That could mean attending a webinar. Um, that could mean, you know, getting some some 360 degree feedback. Uh, could mean a lot of different things, but investing in yourself right now is super important. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, so that's a good segue because, you know, here we all been through 2020. um, And I think many people are looking for 2021 to be a light, you know, at the end of a long tunnel and praying it's not a train. And so at the same time, though, I get the sense that, okay, if if you don't do anything differently, then how can you expect to be able to grow out of 2020, not just get out of it, but how do you expect, you know, that it, or how do you look for the different changes that it could make in, in you and your organization? So what impact do you think that, you know, 20 had on organizations from that cultural and development standpoint? And how do we get, you know, how do we come out in the next two or three years better because of it? Otherwise we've just all gone through this for nothing. Right. And so how do we get to the next two to three years better off for it? Yeah, here's the interesting thing, Tom. You know, so March is really when the pandemic started, uh, you know, scaring the heck out of people. Um, you know, economy shut down, businesses shut down, and everybody and their brother came out with, you know, here's what you need to do now to to be a successful leader in this new environment. And you know, I was I was reading, I was watching, I was listening to all of these folks, and in the back of my mind which quickly moved to the front of my mind and thinking, no, you, you don't have to change your entire leadership style uh, to be successful in this environment. As a matter of fact, you need to hearken back to 
what made you successful as a leader and that foundation um, to be successful uh, as a leader. Um, I don't know who who said this quote, but um, they say that uh, you can't measure the worth of a crew in calm seas. And I probably butchered that quote, but it's one of my favorites because it really speaks to where we're at right now. Um, you know, you could be in an organization that didn't have the best culture, but may have been doing pretty well, um, sometimes haphazardly, who knows. Um, but when you get into the rough seas, that's when things start falling apart. And what I found in, in speaking with clients and, and friends that uh, are leading organizations, that if you had a strong culture going into the pandemic, the pivot to whatever it is, whether it's work from home or uh, you know virtual meetings or all of those good things, or even adapting your products and services uh, to the new environment. Uh, you know, when you think about uh, what uh, the restaurant industry had to do, and and uh, you know, right. to outdoor dining and things like that, they had to get smart about that. And if you had a strong culture to start with, um, you were able to to make that happen. And sadly, chances are. You know, if you didn't have a strong leadership foundation before it started, or if your company didn't have a strong culture before it started, you're probably found floundering right now. Yeah, I think that's critical. I mean, that's a huge point as far as I'm concerned is, is and I've seen it. I've talked to, you know, uh, and maybe I'll share some stories later at, at a, another podcast about, you know, what I'm hearing about our my prior practice. And um, but I've talked to other clients uh, and past clients. And that one thing that you just said, those that had a had intentionally built a good culture, weathered the storms of last year much better than those that did not. And I liked your point about you will have a culture one way or the other. You will have a culture. It's either going to develop passively or it's going to be active. And I always liken it to a garden. You can let stuff grow. And in that, you can enjoy some really pretty plants, but you've also got to contend with all of the weeds. But if you actively participate in turning the soil, weeding out and and nurturing the good plants and being intentional about what you're going to plant, it's it's completely different. And I see our I see corporate cultures like a garden and it's truly like that. It's like and you've got some people that strangle. You know, you've got weeds that strangle out plants and you've got people that strangle out culture. And sometimes they need to be weeded and it's better for for you, you know? Um, But I've always, I've enjoyed that. I like pictures and, uh, and, and imagery like that. And that's what I've thought of. And when you said that, that's what, that's what struck me. I was like, yep. People have been tending their garden long before 2020 hit and they came out um, better on the other end of it for it. And those that hadn't tended their garden, they just struggled. Absolutely. Someone died. Yeah. And that is just, that is awesome, Michael. I just, so I really appreciate the insight that you provided. I, and every time we talk, I feel like I've just learned one more thing about you, um, been challenged by one more thing and been able to apply something. And so just good stuff, right? Love it. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. So, uh, how would you, uh, how would you wrap it up in summary? What's, what's 21 looking like for you? And, and, uh, you kind of land the plane for us today. So I'll tell you, um, I've uh, coined the hashtag 2021, the best year ever. Now, personally, 2020 um, was a, a okay year for me. It was a good year. I mean, there's there's tragedy, um, you know, with COVID and, and many people lost loved ones and 
people were sick and, you know, a lot of bad things happened. Um, but for me, I was able to, uh, take the opportunity to help people going through bad circumstances. So, you know, I don't look at, at 2020 as, you know, just this horrible time um, because I was really able to come alongside a lot of people and help them, help them out with this um, kind of an odd time to launch a business, but it just seemed to work out. Um, so looking to 2021, the best year ever. Um, I, I started uh, helping uh, businesses, leaders, uh, by doing a series of free webinars um, that started with, you know, clarifying your purpose and then talking about uh, values. And, and I, I just did one called um, how to do a life audit, which kind of put all of the puzzle pieces together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so launching people on strong footing into 2021 so they can hit their business goals. Um, there is nothing but great things uh, for everybody in 2021. So um, I'm here to uh, help come alongside them. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks. It's been um, just great getting to know more about um, where you're at. What's, uh, what's some stuff as we close out, got stuff coming up. What are you thinking? Yeah. So there's a couple of big things going on right now um, and love to invite our listeners to participate. Uh, the, the big, big one today is the launch of John Maxwell's movement called Change Your World. And it's super exciting. You know, John talks about this book, Change Your World, as his life work. And the movement is really simple. It's a group of people who are interested in literally changing their world uh, from their community out. Uh, and the, the hopes are we're going to be able to gather uh, people together through these transformation tables um, where I get to teach people to walk through this journey of values-based people-centric leadership and equip them to go out and teach others the same. And the thought process is, you know, we're going to multiply uh, the effect of of changing leaders, teaching leaders, and and it will indeed change our world. So that's very exciting. Those transformation tables, uh, they start here uh, this week um, and and will be held uh, for the foreseeable future. Fantastic. So how can our listeners contact you? Yeah, great question. Um, So my email address is info, I-N-F-O, at edwardsgrouptx.com. My phone number is area code 830-446-3362. You can find me on Facebook and YouTube at the Edwards Group of Texas. And then last but certainly not least, my website, www.edwardsgrouptx.com. Fantastic. Well, look, Michael, it's been great getting to know you more and uh, hopefully getting to know our listeners as time goes on. And uh, they uh, they begin to participate, bringing stuff to us. Uh, we'd love to help them with their stuff, and you know, consistent with our mantra, just couple two guys on stuff, and uh, and looking forward to uh, walking this journey with you. I love it, brother, and I really really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Two Guys on Stuff. Tune in next week as Tom and Michael talk more about leadership stuff, life stuff helpful stuff, and maybe even your stuff. Until then, keep your stories fun.